You're listening to the MoneyWeb Now podcast series with Simon Brown. Live streamed every weekday at 6.30 a.m. Wednesday, 16 November, overnight Russian missile fired into Poland. Biden says a mistake. I'm Simon Brown, coming at you live and loud from the MoneyWeb studios in Houghton, Johannesburg. On the show today, chatting with Adrian Seville, uh, that EU uh, third quarter GDP, we'd had the flash number earlier, it came in smack on what the flash number was at 0.2%. We're chatting Wayne McCurry, results from storage and transaction capital. And then Michelle Santangelo, uh, independent securities, growth stocks finally trade at reasonable prices. This show is brought to you by Stanlip. Visit stanlip.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlip Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. Morning headlines from MoneyWeb. Ford forced to truck export vehicles to Durban Port. This is the rail siding at its Pretoria plant is not yet fully operational and Transnet cannot say when it will be. Business day, no relief from load shedding as ESCOM's diesel budget runs dry. They simply don't have the money and they're saying, well, we don't have it. We can't run those open gas turbines. Morning markets, US was green. S&P up 0.9%. NASDAQ up 1.5%. Asia is, um, well, actually, Sydney's down a little and Tokyo down even less. We could essentially call that flat. Commodities overnight is mixed. Gold, 1,777. Brent, 93.61. Platinum, 1,023. Palladium, very strong, 2,090. Uh, Rand, 17.37. Bitcoin, 16,900. cent is down 1.6%. And top 40 opening call, 750 points to the red. That's 1.1% lower. MoneyWeb now on the money. Also available on podcast. Trading now with uh, Dr. Adrian Seville, uh, Generia Capital, of course, uh, gives business school as well. Adrian, appreciate the early morning. EU GDP plus uh, 0.2% quarter on quarter, uh, 2.1% for the year-on-year increase. A, a small number, a weak number, but perhaps belying what's going to be coming over the next couple of quarters, uh, thanks to uh, energy inflation and interest rates. Morning, Simon. Exactly. Uh, you know the numbers, uh, as you said in the, in the in the intro, exactly in line with expectations. Um, so there's no surprise in it, which is always good when it comes to uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. economic data. But um, uh, the number is uh, is very weak, and uh, it's uh, it's showing the, uh, the the evidence of um, of a very tired. Uh, economy, which is uh, which is just struggling to uh, to find um, uh, drive, given as you point out uh, the, uh, the the energy shock, um, and keeping in mind that the energy shock is just um, a, a catalyzer of inflation. That you know, really the the, the origins of mm. inflation are far deeper. Um, but uh, you've got uh, Europe. Um, broadly wrestling with uh, double-digit inflation. And then keeping in mind, you know, Europe isn't a place. Uh, so you've got um, yeah. uh, 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 essentially a basket of um, um, uh, very, very different economies that have uh, widely uh, d- diverse components. But if we put that basket together, it looks like um, Europe will go into 2023 in recession.
And and it, it I mean, I, I take your point. I mean, you mentioned, a, it, you know, my sense around Europe, and it, it, it's probably not fair. Although, again, you, you make the important point. This is many, many different nations. But the sense is it is a, I don't know, an old, a tired, a slow economy, um, as opposed to, and maybe I'm, I'm, I'm saying this with blinkers on, you know, we look across at, 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 at the, you know, the U.S. perhaps and the high-flying there. It does seem, you know, Germany is good old-fashioned manufacturing. Yeah, and um, there's another element to that which I think we also need to put into the basket, and that is uh, large parts of Europe are, are, are what in economic language we would call um, outward-oriented uh, or export-oriented. So they face the world. Mm. And given uh, that the global circumstance is one of uh, inflation is not specific or unique to Europe, uh, inflation is global, um, interest rates are hiking uh, around the world, and it's the world economy that is uh, that's stuttering, not just uh, not just Europe. So in, in, there's a part um, uh, of the European growth or now you know re- mm-hmm. recessionary experience that's uh, that's really just mirroring uh, a, a global um, uh, economic circumstances. And then we can add in some specific components and the most obvious, if you've got a, a, a broad basket of economies that are outward looking, uh, you've got the, the supply chain chokes that um, have been uh, really uh, you know, catalyzed by, uh, by the COVID circumstance. Yeah, I, I'd never thought of that phrase before, outward looking. I know that's an, an excellent way of describing it. And of course, the, the European Union as a collective is the, the second largest economy in the world. And that's the point you're making there. This is, this is perhaps more than, well, it, it's certainly more than just Europe. I mean, we, you know, then of course there's the UK. There's, there's, a, there's a global issue out there. We'll leave it there. Uh, Adrian Savoie, uh, Genera Capital, appreciate the early morning insights. Hear that? Nothing. Your money can do more when it blocks out the noise, as hard as it is these days. When you invest in the Standler Balanced Cautious Fund, we manage the risks so that you can see stable inflation-beating returns through market cycles. Invest with more certainty at standler.com forward slash more. Standler is an authorized financial services provider and a registered manager. MoneyWeb now. On the money. Jenny North Wayne McCurry, Senior Portfolio Manager, F&B Wealth and Investment. Wayne, appreciate the early morning time. We, we, we're in that time of the year when, when results are coming fairly thick and fast. A couple yesterday. Transaction Capital, the, the one that I was eagerly awaiting for. Kind of three parts to their business. The We Buy Cars, which is relatively new, doing incredibly well. Uh, they back into debt collection, doing very well. SA Taxi, the biggest part, weak. But that, I suspect, was probably on supply constraints, getting taxis out of the flooded Toyota plant in Durban. Your take on, on the numbers? Look, the numbers were actually okay. Mm-hmm. Despite the fact that the share price came down about 5%, I think that was a case of the shares didn't meet the market expectations in respect of the share rating because, I mean, the shares got a, a very high price earnings ratio, so the market was probably expecting better results than what actually came out. Mm-hmm. But certainly on this company, you buy on weakness. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a management team which have absolutely proved themselves again and again. And I mean, the, the WePower yes. car numbers are, are, are frankly staggering. Yes, they are. And as, as I said, you buy this one on, on weakness. It's actually a fantastic company. 
and it's proved itself to be resilient through thick and thin, quite frankly. Yeah, it absolutely does. In the, in the 91 numbers out there, they, they're losing some 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 assets under management, uh, partly because of outflows. I mean, this is this is a market uh, as a circumstance. This isn't, you know, we don't look at management askew. We basically say this is a tough market to be an asset manager. Yeah. Look, when you read their results, um, and they do say, the moment you see an asset manager saying long-term performance remain strong, <laughs> what they're actually saying is short-term performance is poor. Mm-hmm. Okay, but that's very normal for an asset manager. No asset manager can win all the time. And 91 has proven itself to be one of the top asset managers in the world, possibly. Uh, certainly of, you know, the South African origin asset managers, they are they are of, of the top. So I actually really like 91. And if my view on the overall market is correct, be probably over the worst of the of the of the bear market. So therefore, this is, I don't think it's a bad time to buy asset managers in total. I mean, they have and uh, 91 has come off the worst. You know, the share was down at about 38 rand, 39 rand, and it's now at 43. But this was a 60 rand share, and this is not an expensive share at all. The price earnings ratio is is almost single digit. I mean, it's just just above 10. Mm-hmm. And you're getting almost a seven percent dividend yield on it, so this is very similar to transaction capital. I think this is also one that you buy on weakness. And there is some great value out there. And I'm interested in your point because yes. I remember chatting with you. Uh, it was probably, I suppose, Septemberish uh, when markets were flying upwards, and everyone was like, "Yay, the bear's dead!" And you were one of the lone voices on this show who said to me, "No, not so sure." Well, we did. We went all the way back down again. You think maybe the bear is is the, the worst is over? I mean, no one's going to call yes. a bottom, but the worst. Is over is what you're saying. I actually think so. I I think that bear market rally was, um, as we spoke about, a little bit too too soon, mm-hmm. and the market did come back uh, to essentially uh, previous lows, maybe even a little bit lower. But inflation has peaked now. We're over the worst of that. When you look at the at the year on year percentage changes for food and oil in particular. You know, in, I don't know, April, May next year, the year-on-year percentage change is going to be heavily negative. I mean, strongly negative. Mm-hmm. And, of course, a recession worldwide, which is, which, is, which, is, which is going to happen, it'll be mild and short-lived, but there will be a recession, quickly sorts out wage pressure. So inflation is mm-hmm. going to mm-hmm. plummet next year. Second half of next year, inflation is going to plummet, and we'll see interest rate cuts towards the end of next year, maybe in 2024, and the market will like that. So I think the worst is over. Yeah, and I'm looking at our market. We are 500 points away from being green for the year, and it, it doesn't feel like it, but that's the, the stark reality. Yes. A, a quick last one, storage results out as well, small little REIT, nice defensive uh, and decent numbers. I mean, we've seen some good yields on, on some of these sort of smaller uh, uh, listed REITs. Yes, I mean, storage is a very different business from the normal the normal REIT. It's uh, it's It's what I think is actually a long-term winning sector mm. when you're going into self because into self stories the year and in the UK they're buying up a lot of small businesses in both places, and I think this move to smaller houses and then storing all your stuff in a little locker and then mm. never going to visit it again. <laughs> I think this is I think this is actually a long-term trend. And storage has come down from about 15 rand to the current 413, 14 rand. And it's not 
that expensive. It's a lot more expensive than the traditional uh, REIT. You know, the mm, traditional mm. REITs, you can buy at a yield of 13 14%. You know, this is an 8% one. But as I said, it's a very different business. And a lot of companies use now use these storage units yeah. to store excess stock. Instead of building a big warehouse, you just go dump the stuff there for a month or two and then take it out again. And they've got... Oh, I think it's almost a 90% occupancy rate. Uh, yeah. This is actually a structural one that I like. And at these share prices, you know, we've been very positive this morning. I want to buy everything. But at these <laughs> share prices, I would also buy storage. I mean, I know it's small. But yeah, I think it's a very good company in a very good sector, yeah. in a uh, nice niche sector. And as you say, in a, in a, in a nice yield. Now, take your point. You, you, you store it and you never visit it again. I did that for about yes. eight years. I had stuff I paid every month, never went and visited it. Wayne McCurry, yeah. Senior Portfolio Manager, F&B Wealth and Investment. Appreciate the early morning. Your money knows it's not just about the money. It's about your returns returning the favor and empowering people. Your money can do more to change the narrative. Beyond delivering consistent returns, investing in the Stanlip Kanyisa Impact Investment Fund can help eradicate poverty and protect the environment. Invest for more impact at stanlip.com forward slash more. Stanlip Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. MoneyWeb now on the money. Also available on podcast. Uh, chatting now with Michael Santangelo, Portfolio Manager, Independent Securities. We're talking gross stocks. Michael, appreciate the early morning. A note you put out, you made the, I think, the really excellent line. I really enjoyed it. From growth abundance to growth scarcity. Uh, we, we literally, I mean, uh, as recently as almost this time last year, it was just go, go, go. You're now saying, hang on a second. Uh, we've actually completely switched that around. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, growth now is a scarce commodity at the moment. And uh, I think that's also what's uh, created uh, so much opportunity now for for quality growth shares. Um, we, we've obviously seen valuations uh, compressed quite quite nicely, and a lot of those uh, uh, quality growth companies that are, are a lot more resilient uh, than some of the growth companies that uh, just shot the lights out during COVID just to to fall back eighty ninety percent. So there, there are nice opportunities at the moment. And you've also made the point around structural growth versus perhaps momentum. And you Zoom as example, you know, yes, we all Zoom now, but that really was a, moment, a momentum story. And, and truthfully, I could Zoom, I could Teams, I could Google Meet, I could, I mean, the list just goes on and on. And what you really want to focus on are those companies with structural growth. Yeah, absolutely. The, the structural growth companies uh, are, are where you're going to see a long-term tailwind uh, supporting the growth of those companies. Uh, and momentum growth is, is typically very short term. And uh, if you get it wrong, you can get it uh, very wrong. And uh, yeah, there's, there's a number of uh, uh, structural growth stories uh, across the world. Um, I mean, uh, just in medical devices, biotechnology, uh, clean energy is, is, uh, is very important now as well. So th- there's definitely a lot of uh, structural tailwinds uh, out there. Some of the, the examples you, you had in your note, I mean, Adobe, which is, I mean, I, I, I've chatted around the stock before. I mean, I, I use their software and I remember having to shell out vast amount of money to, to buy it uh, every, uh, as, frankly, as infrequently as possible. Now I just pay them every month. They've done that pivot to software as a service and they've done it incredibly uh, smoothly. And, and it's just, it is a strong, compelling business model. Yeah, that's it's absolutely wonderful company. It is one of the uh, one of the large caps uh, that I do mention, uh, but it still has got uh, a really good growth trajectory to it. 
Uh, I mean, as you said, you you use it, and, and anyone in that's a, has an online business or uh, in in design, whether it's that designing uh, uh, videos or audio or uh, visual effects, mm. uh, they're all going to be using Adobe's product just simply because they they are uh, really one of the best in in the whole world. You mentioned it's it's, it's a large cap. Would your preference be to to sort of look perhaps more in the in in in, in the mid cap or even small cap? And of course, when we're talking US, small cap is is, is relative. I mean, they're often fairly giant companies when you convert them. But you know, in, in terms of their actual market cap, well, are you relatively agnostic in in, in terms of size? I think for uh, the the typical portfolio that we we manage, we would have a, a combination of those. So mm-hmm. um, we would be majority uh, large large caps. But we do find uh, quite a few small, uh, small and mid-cap uh, opportunities, and uh, probably one of the examples might be uh, Canada Goose. Uh, mm. Canada Goose is the Canadian uh, luxury apparel maker, uh, and I think their market cap is uh, under two billion dollars at the moment. Uh, so, in, in in global standards, that that is a relative small cap, mm-hmm. um, and and uh, it's a, that's a company that we really like. Uh, we know that it's uh, it's growing really well uh, globally. It's it's expanding further into into Asia, um, and it's also uh, the, the the brands and the products is uh, exceptionally uh, well regarded, um, and it's uh, it, it was trading at quite a high valuation, but now at a forward price to earnings ratio of about fifteen to. Uh, to next year, uh, it, it's a very compelling story. And, and the, the one sector, and you, you make the point, uh, uh, cybersecurity, which is recession-proof, and that you know, a recession or not, you need to keep your your your, your servers and, and everything else secure, absolutely. But of course, again, prices will go everywhere. Um, and, and, and periods like this, uh, the businesses which continue to generate profits and do well, and suddenly we're seeing some, some, some decent valuations in that sector. Yeah, absolutely. And... Uh, I, what, I think with the cybersecurity sector, you have to be invested in the companies that have got the the most uh, technological superiority, mm-hmm. uh, because I'm, I mean the hackers and uh, the the uh, nefarious people trying to uh, steal money from from companies are becoming smarter and smarter, and uh, you want to be with the companies that are, are at, ahead of the curve. Uh, maybe I can just give you an example uh, sure. with an, an, an analogy with CrowdStrike. Yeah. The typical uh, cybersecurity firm would would be an endpoint security firm where they would just monitor any uh, incursions onto the, the network. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once someone's in the network, they can pretty much do what they want. Uh, whereas CrowdStrike, once they uh, someone they, they monitor anyone trying to get into the network, but then also monitor everyone while they're inside the network as well. Gotcha. So yeah, definitely yeah. You want to watch. Yeah, and and if if nothing else, we're going to see more hacking attempts. We're going to see more networks. We're going to need more security. Michael Santangelo, Independent Securities Portfolio Manager. Appreciate the early morning. That's our show for today. That's our poll on LinkedIn and Twitter. Are you looking at some of these uh, large cap, small cap, mid cap growth stocks uh, in, in the US or the you know Canada goose? I mean, it doesn't necessarily need to even be in the US. Uh, you can have your vote. You can have your say. LinkedIn and Twitter. Our poll yesterday. We were chatting with Charles Savage from uh, Purple Group, talking around uh, those results. A lot of moving parts there, but the key point is is that the the, the clients are becoming more profitable, um, and, and a lot of those costs are are one and the like but question was we asked if you hold purple shares almost half of you said yes I'm in that camp uh, a fifth like it but want to buy it lower down and the rest was split between you've taken profits already and some of you were saying you know what actually no small caps for you have your vote have your say LinkedIn and Twitter the show is brought to you by Stanlib 
Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. We're live every weekday morning, the Money Web website, the app, 6.30 a.m., podcast, just after 7. Thanks to my team, Eddie Nobuchle, Eleanor and Nicole, to you for listening, my guests for their early morning. My name is Simon Brown. This is Money Web Now. We'll chat again tomorrow. We're talking tech stocks with Skulk Low. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb Now podcast, posted every weekday at 7 a.m. on moneyweb.co.za. MoneyWeb Now, on the money.